It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports Rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Older than one. Yeah, well, you're half right. This is amateur. This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our final stone. Just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it. I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Y'all having a good time out there. Here we go. Time to take you home on a Tuesday. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. We are glad you're connected because we've got a chance for you to win with Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia coming up in just minutes. Also on the way this hour, Brian Bush, the voice of the Michigan Wolverines on radio, on the Michigan Wolverines radio network. We'll talk to him about Michigan status, heading into the NCAA tournament selections coming up on Sunday, and what he thinks the Wolverines will have to do at the Big Ten tournament to feel safe come Selection Sunday. That is Brian Bush of the Michigan Radio Network coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Also, we got an update on your high school hoops. Um, you know, we were talking about NFL quarterbacks and some that might be changing places, some that might be returning faces. How about this? Did you hear that uh, there is a story out there and I believe it might have been Rich Eisen from the NFL Network who actually put this out there that uh, he was hearing there might be some talks between Tom Brady and the Miami Dolphins about a return for the twice-retired Tom Brady. What do you think about that? You know what? Tom Brady has something to say about that. Tom Brady actually replied to that tweet and said... If anybody thinks I've got time for football when I've just adopted a two-month-old cat for my daughter, has got to be crazy. So he's trying to play it off, but uh, you do wonder if there's any kind of validity because that's a pretty respected source when you talk about Rich Eisen. He's pretty well connected in the NFL, putting that out there that there have been some discussions perhaps between Tom Brady and, uh, and the Miami Dolphins. But the other one that I found interesting, I don't know if you heard this, but apparently Philip Rivers contacted a couple of teams last year who were dealing with injured quarterbacks, including San Francisco, and asked if there would be an interest for him to come and take over, perhaps just for the final weeks of the season, but didn't the Colts have some quarterback issues of their own that they were trying to resolve? Apparently, he wasn't interested in coming back just to play out a season. He wanted to play in the playoffs. So he was, you know, particularly calling out playoff bound teams. But apparently, Phillip Rivers was uh, at least inquiring to see if any of the teams would have an interest in his services for last year. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine Text Line. Four six eight six two. Uh, still no word on the Colts uh, releasing Matt Ryan 
you know, that's when we know that the Colts have settled on drafting a quarterback is when we see it official that Matt Ryan's been released. I can't imagine they're going to use Matt Ryan in some kind of a, a tutoring capacity and pay him what they have to pay him just to groom a young quarterback that they draft. That doesn't seem to make sense. It's why you have a quarterback coach on your staff. But uh, we'll see what, what the Colts decide to do. You just feel like you've got to release Matt Ryan. You cannot keep him. If you're set on moving forward with a new young quarterback, I don't see any way that you want to pay the money to Matt Ryan and and have basically your whole salary cap wrapped up on a guy that's not going to be the number one quarterback, unless you feel like the guy you want to draft is clearly going to need a year or two to be prepared to take over. But even then, Matt Ryan didn't play well enough to be the guy in Indianapolis. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Um all right, so let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and get our caller. Time to play some Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. If you'd like to play, all you've got to do is call us up at 447-8500. We've got uh, up for grabs today a large pizza, two Pizza Hut, courtesy of our friends at Pizza Hut of Fort Wayne. That is 447-8500. It is time for Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. Before we get to trivia, also want to mention that the SAC has announced their all-conference boys basketball team. And first team members include Preston Ross at Dwanger, Cadell Wallace at Bishop Lewers, Cannon Hauser of Carroll, Jackson Pardon of Carroll, uh, Ajani Washington at Concordia, Kyron Kapuiki of Homestead, Will Jamison of Homestead, Northrop's Dalman Alexander. You've got Tay Johnson from Northside, O'Marion Washington from Southside, and two Wayne players, Javon Lewis and Chase Barnes. Second team members include Dwanger Sam Campbell, Lures Nick Thompson from Concordia, David Speckard and Cole Hayworth. From Homestead, Grant Leeper. At Northside, you've got Eugene Young Jr., Snyder had Karon Billingsley, and Wayne had Monte Smith, DJ H.J. Dillard, and Preston Comer. Uh, so congratulations to our all-conference members just announced. And, of course, a reminder, we're going to be at Logansport this Saturday for Northside versus Kokomo. We'll bring you all the play-by-play action from our friends at Indiana Physical Therapy. All right, let's play some Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. we got to get to the phone line and see who today's contestant is going to be. Who's this? Kent. Hey, Kent, how are you? I'm good. Uh, do you know how we play Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia? I sure do. Then it shouldn't be too tough for you to take your loss quickly. All right, let's go, Adam. It's time for Tuesday <laughs> Time Capsule Trivia on the Sports Rush. Uh, All right, let's rock and roll. Let's start off with clue number one here. The first official game of the KBO, a professional baseball league in South Korea, is held in this year. Okay, Kent, uh, the rules say that you have an opportunity to play or pass on clue number one. What would you like to do? I'll let you go first. I'm going to say 1980. (laughs) 
I'll go with 1977. All right, let's go on to clue number two. This will be Kent first. In the World Cup in Spain, Italy beats West Germany 3-1 to one for their third World Cup title. Uh, 84. I will say, uh, and I'm doing, I'm trying to do quick math. Um, I will say 19, okay, I did, uh, 1988. All right, clue number three. This will be Brett first in the, we had a strike. This was the first regular season strike by NFL players, and it ended on November 16th after 57 days in this year. Um, huh. I will say strike year, November. I will say, you know, I don't even remember this. I will say 1976. Let's say 1982. Oh, Ken got it. You got it, Kent. Oh, right? man. Oh, I'm taking my loss well. That was awesome. You used it earlier in the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kent, congratulations. You are a winner today. And uh, we've got a large pizza, two pizza hut for you to enjoy and celebrate that victory. I certainly will. And uh, thanks so much for being tuned into the Sports Rush. We appreciate that. That is Kent. He is today's contestant. And Hold stay on, on the yeah. line. Yeah, stay on the line, Kent. Don't hang up because we've got All to get right. some info from you so we can get you that large pizza. All right, so uh, I know, Adam, one thing you like is to go ahead and, and show us you had this all the way to five clues. He kind of took this one from us before we got to even clue number four. Yeah, so clue number four was the Cardinals won four games to three over the Brewers to claim their first world championship since 67. The series MVP was Cardinals catcher Daryl Porter. You know, I um, I would have been really narrowed in on it on that. That's what I was thinking. Because... 1982 is the year I graduated from high school. So anything that I could, you know, place yeah. with me in that moment in time and the Brewers were one of those teams, I think I would have been real close. You always remember your graduation year. And then the last clue was the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship with March Madness coming up. I went with North Carolina wins 63-62 to over the Georgetown Hoyas. Uh, yeah, that uh, I remember that game. There you go. I uh, just didn't get to those clues because Kent stole it. Beat ya. He stole it. He beat ya. He but... stole it. I, that guy stole it. He <laughs> cheated somehow. <laughs> All right. So we take our lumps, and I'm a loser today on Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. We'll have to do it again next week and bounce me back up off the mat. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump, Adam Lundy. And, of course, you're always connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862, 46862. We're counting down to the start of the Big Ten tournament. A lot of teams may be in that area where they have something to prove this week. And one of those teams just might be the Michigan Wolverines. And it's our pleasure to welcome to the show on our guest line the radio voice of the Michigan Wolverines, Brian Bush. Brian, good afternoon. Good afternoon. 
Hey, Brett, thanks so much for having me on. Can you believe from that first day where we sat just a few feet apart back in November to now that the season has passed us by? It seems like I was just saying so long and have a good season. <laughs> it always flies by. Uh, it, it blows my mind how it happens. But you know what? That means you're having a good time, win or loss. Obviously, we all wish there were more victories along the way, but um, it's it's a thrill to do it. And obviously, it's it's been a story-filled season for Michigan, for the Big Ten, for the country. So uh, time flies when you're having fun and you're watching some of the basketball we've been able to watch. What's your take on the Big Ten? A lot of the... National experts are questioning whether it's a strong year for the conference, if the parity is the result, a lot of mediocre basketball. Uh, your thoughts on the, the quality of play top to bottom in the Big Ten? Yeah, you know, I think resume-wise at the top, Purdue holds up with almost anybody in the country. There'll be a one or a two-seed come selection Sunday, depending on how this week goes. I think where the Big Ten is going to potentially struggle in a national perception standpoint is that I think you could argue that, you know, the top four of the Big Ten does not compare to the top four of the Big 12, even to the SEC. I think it does to the ACC, but it's pretty close, and I think the ACC is down this year. Um, the Big Ten has as much depth as anybody, right? The Big 12 is probably deepest in terms of percentages, but the Big Ten is probably deepest in terms of, you know, the team that finished 12th in the league, Wisconsin, is right now right on the bubble. They could make the NCAA tournament even though they have to play in the first game of the Big Ten tournament this week. So, you know, I, I think ultimately in March, conferences are defined, are rated by how well they do in a single elimination NCAA tournament. And I think outside of Purdue and maybe Indiana, you're going to have a lot of teams that aren't going to be favorites or expected to make it to the second weekend of the dance. And if that plays out like it has the last couple of years, then there will be criticism toward the Big Ten. So, you know, it, the league has to break through one of these years and win a national championship. Is that realistic this year? I, I, I don't know. But I, I do think that with the depth that this league provides, with the good coaching that this league has, uh, I, I think it's, it's a good league, but it might not be – what we were thinking a couple of years ago, where maybe it's the best league in America. I don't I don't think that's the case this year. Let's talk about the status of your Michigan Wolverines, because they could have made things pretty easy on themselves. I think either one, a win at Illinois or a win in Bloomington against the Hoosiers, probably would have locked it up for Michigan. Is there concern about being on the bubble and being on the outside and having to prove something during this tournament? Certainly, because I think, you know, based on those two games that Michigan played this week, I, I think you could certainly argue that those were performances by a team that could be one of the top 68 teams in America. But Michigan does not currently possess one of the top 68 best resumes in America. They just haven't been able to win these close games enough. They are 2-11 uh, in games against power conference teams decided by one or two possessions. So... That just isn't good enough. That means that they can compete, and they're right there with some of these teams, but they haven't been able to get over the hump enough. Had they won either the Illinois game last Thursday or the Indiana game this Sunday, then I think they would have been on the right side of the bubble heading into this week, needing probably to beat Rutgers to feel good about going dancing. Oh, I think they have to win at least two. I've heard a lot of people very confident that if they beat Rutgers and Purdue, they're in. 
man, there's there's still some bid thieves that could potentially be out there. Other teams have a chance to bolster their resume in power conferences. So they certainly put themselves behind the eight ball. Could they win two, three, even all four and win this thing? Sure. But they didn't leave themselves nearly the, the amount of room for error that they did last year when they went one and done in the Big, big Ten tournament but still was able to go dancing. Is there one particular bugaboo for this Michigan team when they when they do struggle to get wins over some of this top competition? I mean, last week, probably more on the defensive end. But um, but what has been the issue for Michigan in getting over that hump where you could safely say, yes, this is definitely a tournament team? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the last two minutes of games. I think for 38 minutes, Michigan has been, you know, probably the second, maybe third best team in the Big Ten in terms of, of league's pecking order. They just haven't been able to close. And, you know, you look at this week in particular, which has kind of been a microcosm for the season, Michigan had three separate shots to win the game, twice at Illinois at the end of regulation at the end of overtime. And, and that overtime, they led by seven inside of two minutes left. That That's the real gut punch. And then they had a look at the end of regulation at Assembly Hall on Sunday, and, and Hunter Dickinson missed a three. Again, you know, those are tough shots. They're high-pressure moments. Um, you, you don't fault the kids in it at all. But you have to eventually get one of those. Michigan was fortunate to beat Wisconsin um, the previous Sunday at home with the, an incredible Hunter Dickinson three to tie it that, that really now saved their season considering what's happened since then um, and given them a chance. To, to go to the tournament through an at-large if they get the job done and win a couple of games in, in Chicago. But, yeah, I mean, really, for, for 38 minutes, I think Michigan's right there. It, it's just they have not been able to execute the way that they need to in the final two minutes. And, you know, this is, this is one of the younger teams in America. I think they're third youngest among power conference teams. So, you know, you expect those growing pains. But by this time of year, you hear the phrase all the time, Brett, oh, so-and-so's not a freshman anymore. So-and-so's not a sophomore anymore. That needs to be the case for Michigan and Chicago, or or they're you know not freshmen, not sophomores anymore, are unfortunately not going to go to the NCAA tournament. I've seen at times Michigan almost forget they've got Hunter Dickinson on the floor this year, and and uh, you know we saw the Indiana game uh, on Sunday where Indiana clearly was going to win or lose that game by going through the hands of Trace Jackson Davis. And I think Michigan, their makeup is very similar. I mean, I think they've got to trust that Hunter Dickinson is going to be their guy. What is the identity of Michigan? Has that been an issue at all this year? Yeah, I, I, I do think part of it is that Michigan's, you know, offensive attack has had to adjust to some double or even triple teams coming against Hunter. You saw in the late stages of the first half against Indiana on Sunday where, where Dickinson kind of took over the game. He was by far the best player on the floor for about a four-minute stretch. And Michigan turned a 14-point deficit into a two-point deficit of the half. Um, and, and part of what Michigan's been able to do is work through Hunter. He can kick out and find some guys like a, a Jed Howard, a Kobe Bufkin, uh, a Doug McDaniel. Those guys have emerged. It just hasn't been consistent enough. Ultimately, Hunter Dickinson needs to be the best player on the floor for Michigan to have success and, and to win some of these games. So I don't know if it's so much that they've forgotten him on the floor, but certainly teams have made other players beat Michigan, which, you know, I think that's probably the best strategy, especially if you don't have a big like a, a, a TJD, a Zach Eady, someone along those lines, Clipple Mori and, and Rutgers, who can, who can D up Hunter Dickinson for the most part one-on-one. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, the identity is through Hunter. He's certainly the, the mouthpiece of this team, and he needs to be great. And that's what's, you know, that's what's disheartening about this past week is that Michigan was undefeated when he had 20-point double-doubles in his career before this week. He had two of them this week, and they went 0-2. It was just such a statistical outlier compared to the, the effort and the output that he had. I mean, he, he played winning basketball. I think a lot of Michigan players played winning basketball, but when you go on the road to face, you know, NCAA tournament teams, Indiana top 15 team, I think a, a team that could be a dark horse to go to the Final Four, um, you got to play great and then some, and Michigan just didn't have the then some. Tell me about Doug McDaniel, because this is a guy that I think got got bumped into a more important role than maybe we expected from him this year. And he's hit 33 percent of his threes. He's got a two to one assist to turnover ratio. Uh, I almost consider him a little bit of an X factor as you head into March, because I think guard play is kind of emphasized as you get into tournament play. Um, what has his role been with Michigan? What have you seen from Doug? Well, I'll tell you, um, the last five games, he's averaged 42 minutes a game. That shows you the trust he's earned. And the the unique situation Michigan had itself in with Jalen Llewellyn, the starting point guard for the first eight games going out due to a torn ACL. You know, it's interesting. We found out about Jalen being out for the season. I think it was December 7th. Um, and that was a time where Michigan was about to kind of get into a lull in their schedule with final exams and the tail end of non-conference play and all that. So, Doug was basically the point guard. Uh, Kobe Bufkin will handle the basketball when Doug's on the bench, but it's, it's basically Doug's show. And if you would have taken Doug McDaniel two months later on February 7th and gotten and, and been told that's what you'll get from this young man, you would have taken it. Great. That's huge for a freshman learning the ropes in the Big Ten on the fly. That's awesome. And his progression and the trust that he has had with everyone, coach, player, staff member in this program, uh, in the last month in particular, it's been amazing to watch. Again, he, he's barely caught of the game. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over very much. He's able to hit some of those mid-range jumpers, which was really important for Michigan against that Wisconsin defense, um, which kind of forces teams to make jumpers. And Doug made enough of them in that second game to, to get the overtime win. I mean, he's been incredible. Michigan has, I think, two real building blocks as freshmen in Doug McDaniel and their backup big Terrace Reed Jr. to where, mm-hmm. listen, when, when you're a program that's been to five straight straight sweet 16s, you, you, you can't look at any season and say, oh, well, this is building for the future, right? It should be a reload, not a rebuild. If Michigan misses the NCAA tournament, then everybody with the program, fans of the program, will, will call it a disappointing season, deservedly so. But the one solace I think fans can take if they don't make a run in Chicago is that the Doug McDaniel, Terrace Reed Jr. Foundation, that core, uh, they have a chance to be really special. They could be all Big Ten performers as early as next year. Earlier this season, it seemed that uh, Terrace Reed was more just a sub to pick up some minutes when Hunter Dickinson was getting a rest. And we saw them together on the floor quite a bit against Indiana. Was that a matchup uh, that... uh, Jawan Howard was looking at as far as Indiana playing the, you know, Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis together, or is that something that Michigan's been doing and playing those two together more minutes? Yeah, that's been, uh, they're calling it the thump and bump combo, and, and that's been seen more and more time. Harris played about 16 straight minutes from about the midpoint of the second half into overtime number one against Illinois on Thursday before he fouled out. And that's part of the reason why Michigan hasn't started that grouping 
is to try to buy some time so that Terrace, who does at times get into foul trouble, um, can, can be available and have some fouls at his disposal when the game is at its, its apex down the stretch in the second half. But uh, Terrace Reed, I, I think he might be Michigan's best defender. And if he's not his, its best, it's number two behind Kobe Bufkin. He has been really impressive. The fluidity with which he plays despite his size on the defensive end is a joy to watch. He has made some big-time plays, and, and he's starting to figure it out at the free throw line. He started something like 7 of 32, but he's around 50% since then. Again, not good enough, but but enough to where you can keep him on the floor and avoid some sort of hack-a-shack, hack-a-terrorist type <laughs> of a, a defensive attack. Um, he's He's been really impressive. He's earned those those minutes, those opportunities, and quite frankly, you know, down the stretch against Indiana, Michigan basically played a six-man rotation. He was the only guy off the bench who played any minutes of, of substance in the uh, the stretch run of the Indiana game. Brian Bush, play-by-play voice of the Michigan Wolverines, joining us here on the guest line. Okay, up next, it's Rutgers to start Big Ten tournament play, and that is an early wake-up call coming up on Thursday. It'll be 11 a.m. local tip, but a 12 noon tip for those of us here in the Eastern Time Zone. You've had a chance to look at Rutgers. Maybe you could answer the question, what's wrong with Rutgers right now? I mean, right now, they're just, they lost Mawat Mag about a month ago, and, and he doesn't have huge box score performances, but he really opened up a great deal of what that team did what they wanted to do uh, and I do think that that really contributes to where they are right now um, you know the reality is Rutgers is a team that's going to have to, to out defend you they've got three of the top four steals guys in the Big Ten Caleb McConnell has been a little bit banged up he tweaked his back a few weeks back and actually we didn't think he was going to play against Michigan the first game in Piscataway a few weeks back. He gritted through it. He was very clearly banged up, um, and, and he just wasn't himself. The numbers for him haven't been great since that point. I think it's a real X factor of just how healthy he happens to be. That could go a long way in determining this game. In the first meeting, Michigan was down 13-3. to Jersey Mike's Arena in Piscataway was rocking. It was a sold-out crowd. That is an underrated venue and atmosphere in, in college basketball, in my opinion. Um, and, and then Michigan really found enough offense, and they defended at a high level, and, and Rutgers just couldn't score. Um, if Michigan can turn this into a little bit more of an up-and-down game, I think they got a really good chance to win. But uh, games against Rutgers, especially late in the season, it is – a rock fight. It might be a race to 60. It was a race to 58 in the, in the first meeting, Michigan got to that marker to win it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've really collapsed and, you know, this is a team that was sitting around, you know, 800 at home since the 2019 season. Um, and they've lost, I think three or four straight at home. That that's what's cost them potentially an at large birth. Uh, it, it looks like an elimination game in, in the, the grand scheme of the at large picture. On Thursday at uh, at noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's going to be a fascinating one to watch, and, and I I expect like a lot of games for Michigan lately. Uh, I think at that under four second half media timeout, I'm, I'm guessing that game's going to still be hanging in the balance. I'm going to preface this question by saying uh, disregard Michigan. We're taking them out of consideration. So if it's not Michigan that wins this Big Ten tournament, 
I always kind of feel like there's a team that's going to make a run that that feels desperate. They feel like they've either got to prove something or they they got cheated out of a, a regular season championship. There's somebody out there that generally is primed to make a run that often surprises us. Do you have that team in mind? If it's not Michigan, do you have a team that you think is capable of making a run and maybe surprising the basketball world? So I'll give you I'll give you two and a half, right? To me, I think the, the, the most motivated and the scariest team um, is probably Indiana because this is a group that had regular season aspirations in the Big Ten. They got off to such a bad start in league play. Then they got really hot. It's kind of been an uneasy finish, but that's a veteran team that's playing for Xavier Johnson, who was ruled out mm-hmm. for the season just a few days ago. To me, if I had to pick somebody um, on that bottom half of the bracket, that's who I would select. But I'll, I'll cop out a little bit because, to me, this is the most fascinating game outside of the Michigan-Rutgers game, Penn State-Illinois. I think the winner of that game could win the whole thing. Illinois, I think, has more talent than what they've shown at times in the Big Ten. And Penn State, with Jalen Pickett, who's one of the most exciting players in the country, I think Penn State in that game is in, is in an in and a win and in NCAA tournament standpoint. If they beat Illinois, they might be able to, to feel a little bit loose, get Northwestern, and 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 then take it from there. So, uh, it, you know, I think Indiana has the best chance to win it overall. But that seven ten matchup, Penn State Illinois, to me is, is as fascinating as any. Um, right up there with Michigan Rutgers because of the NCAA tournament ramifications. Yeah, you don't want to be in a one-possession game coming down the stretch against Penn State because they've got a guy that's just a plain, flat-out scorer who makes plays and probably one of the toughest individual guards that you've got in the Big Ten. Should be a lot of fun. And I I love Micah Shrewsbury and what he brings to the table. I think schematically he's really good, so I I like him in this type of a format too. Former uh, assistant at Purdue. So uh, we have followed his progress as well. So, uh, hey, Brian, I really appreciate it. I know it's a busy week with so many games perhaps on tap for you this week. And then you've got hopefully the NCAA tournament to look forward to after that. But uh, really appreciate you taking time out with us. And, hey, go Wolverines. I hope we get a chance to talk to you again. Sounds good, Brett. Appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you very much. Great stuff from Brian Bush, voice of the Michigan Wolverines, joining us here on the Sports Rush. Uh, boy, he just made a lot of our, our listeners happy. Unsolicited, he took the team that he thinks is prime for a run to be the Indiana Hoosiers. You know, I've got to emphasize that because I actually picked the Hoosiers to lose. So I, uh, you know, I got to let the guests do all the good, you know, they're the good cop, bad cop scenario. I'll let the guests be the good cop. Uh, I, I still am watching that Maryland team. I think they feel like they haven't gotten the respect they deserve. They haven't been talked enough, uh, uh, talked about enough. They've been a great home team. I mean, fantastic home team. And if they can just take some of what they've done at home and take it on the road into Chicago, that's going to be a tough out against Maryland. Uh, it, it, and, and what's funny is Rayfield Davis doesn't agree with me on Maryland either because he actually thinks the team out of that bracket is going to be Nebraska that advances to play Indiana. We'll see where it goes. But uh, you can give us your thoughts at 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. High school hoops coming up this week, and sectional champions were decided last night, including one 
in very dramatic fashion. We'll talk about that more when we return. It's Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Last night, the sectional championship took place at Garrett High School for Class 3A as an all-Summit Athletic Conference game to win the title between Bishop Twanger and Concordia went right down to a final shot. Did you happen to see this on Twitter? Um, Dwanger uh, Nolan, and now the first name escapes me, but Nolan for Bishop Twanger hit a fadeaway three kind of off the right wing and drained it at the buzzer. Aslan Nolan. Aslan Nolan. Uh, hit the fadeaway three at the buzzer to win it for the Bishop Wenger Saints and send them into a Class 3A regional coming up uh, this Saturday. And they will take on Twin Lakes. And that will be at uh, South Be- or at Newcastle coming up this Saturday. Certainly a great venue there. And, uh, you know, Twin Lakes is just 10 and 14. And what did I say about Bishop Twanger when we were making our sectional picks? Never bet against Matt Kostoff in March. And then I picked against Matt Kostoff in March, and it came back to bite me. The Concordia Cadets, great season, but it falls just short of a sectional title. And so Bishop Twanger advances into the regional. We also have two teams in the 4A regional at Logansport. The Wayne Generals will take on Noblesville, and that will be game one at Logansport. And then game two at Logansport, Northside takes on Kokomo and Flory Badunga, the seven-footer for Kokomo that every college coach in the country is swarming all over. And I'm sure there will be somebody in attendance Come Saturday at Logansport, because somebody will get knocked out of a tournament in a power conference tournament. Somebody will lose on a Thursday or a Friday. And on Saturday, we will see them at Logansport. And we'll see them because we'll be there for the broadcast. I'll have uh, the call of Northside versus Kokomo coming up this Saturday from Logansport at the Berry Bowl. And uh, what time is that game? Is that a seven o'clock game? Let me check for you. Uh, that game, uh, <clears throat> I should know since I'm the one that's supposed to, yeah, it's seven o'clock, four o'clock for Wayne, uh, Wayne Noblesville, and then seven o'clock for Northside Kokomo. That should be a heck of a game too. Yeah. Yeah. You'll definitely have a good time and you'll get to, like you said, scout, uh, Flory down there a little bit. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll do my scouting report man, and his, uh, his report offer back is. to John Peckinpah. Of course, last year when I saw Peckinpah. Whereas Kokomo played in the regional a year ago. Yeah. And then it was a morning, nighttime. And I came in and I said, I sat next to John while he was sitting there. The teams were warming up. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally probably breaking all the rules to sit on the bench with the head coach. But I sat down next to the head coach. I'm like, who's going to kick me out? <laughs> so I sat down next to the head coach on the bench. Team was warming up. And I said, John, I've worked on this and I've got a game plan for you. And I said, uh, use it if you want it. Throw the ball to Badunga. That was my game plan. Wow. Yeah. What a lot of insight there. Feed Badunga. From the basketball mind of Brett Rump. Yeah. I said, you know what? This kind of this kind of expert advice <laughs> should be paid for. Yeah. Get it into your uh, seven-footer with over 10 D1 offers. Yeah. Seems, seems like a good plan there, Brett. Yeah. But I, it took me three days to come up with it. 
But not, I, not surprised. But I and I, you know, I worked so hard on it on my scout that I wanted to pass it along. <laughs> and I said, hey, don't tell anybody I'm giving you this insider information. But feed, <laughs> but don't go. Hey, we got a text on our text line four six 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 two. They wanted us to know that Nolan's buzzer beater there for Dwanger was number seven on ESPN Sports Center top ten. Yeah, I uh, heard about that. That it made the top ten. So congratulations, another little. Uh, Repping of the 260 on ESPN's top. We've been on there quite a bit lately. We've had a Comet goaltender that made an appearance. Fort we Wayne, had man. Uh, the Mastodons got the number one spot. Yeah, so it's been a, a nice little run of Sports Center top tens for the Fort Wayne area. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Um, congratulations, Kent, by the way. He is the winner of today's Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. I'm already looking forward to next season, which will happen for me next Tuesday. <laughs> it's just a new season after just, every loss. Just, yeah, after every loss, I just wipe the slate clean. <laughs> I go out, do some recruiting, and I come back next Tuesday ready to go. Hit the transfer portal. Yeah, I, yeah that's exactly what I need. I need <laughs> I need help from the transfer portal. I'm looking for somebody who knows soccer. We uh, did. We did get a text that said, uh, "I love it when Brett takes his lumps <laughs> in uh, time capsule trivia." That was from RJ. Yeah, thanks, RJ. I love it too. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I feel so much better about the week when I've taken a victory home with me on Tuesday. But uh, congratulations, Kent. He's the winner today. We'll take a quick break. We'll tell you what's going to be on your radio airwaves tonight and a lot of basketball this week. We'll talk about it next here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. Final time because we've got to make way. A lot of college basketball coming to the airwaves tonight. We've got the CAA Conference Championship coming up at 645. College of Charleston's playing in that one. Who they play tonight? You remember? Uh, it works with your mind. UNC Wilmington. UNC Wilmington, College of Charleston. And then we've got the West Coast Conference Championship game, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Round three, let it begin. We've got the coverage for you right here at 1380 The Fan on 100.9 FM. And then coming up tomorrow, we turn it over to the Big Ten Network right after the sports rush. And you'll get uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin to lead it off. 6.15 the pregame, just after 6.30 for the tip. And then Minnesota, Nebraska, the nightcap tomorrow night. And that means on Thursday and Friday, abbreviated Sports Rush shows in between the two Big Ten tournament sessions. But uh, we will be on both Thursday and Friday. Dan Lust, sports law attorney, he will join us on tomorrow's program. Also, Mr. Vegas weighed in two and a half points. Northern Kentucky, the favorite over Cleveland State. I would ride with the Norse. I would take Northern Kentucky to knock off Cleveland State tonight. That is my pick for the Horizon League Championship. Thanks to Maria Marcasano. Also, thanks to Brian Bush, the voice of the Michigan Wolverines on radio, for joining the show today. We're coming back tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Join us then for more of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.